nice little morning interlude there. Hello. How you doing there? For two years, when we were locked up for COVID, two and a half years, almost three years, I didn't get sick one time. Not one time. Might have had to deal with not <laughs> interacting with sick people. Well, and then all of a sudden, with you know, we go to a couple of festivals, we're exposed to thousands of people, and you know, all of their germs on dirty dishes. We're sick. Wow. I, I am so sick. Agree. The, the most dangerous thing in the world is children. They're just disease-ridden. I know rats and whatnot bad but i think children are the worst the most dangerous thing in the world is let's just get into this wasn't expecting to go into this today the most dangerous thing in the world is vladimir putin a disassociate yes a disassociated no sorry that's not the word i meant to use a disenfranchised unloved unsupported unnurtured young man we've got to take care of our boys Look at the common thread. I feel we've talked, yeah, the common thread. You know what? It doesn't matter if we've talked about this in the podcast before, if we bring things up again. Everyone's talked about everything. No, but listen, nobody's yeah. talked about this. Everyone's talked about Origin stories. Elon Musk. Um, Donald Trump. Peter Parker. Sure. All, all of these young men who were bullied or felt unloved and then they turn into my I'll show you monsters you know so they all have a common thread that sounds to me like and these are the ones are, are all of the you know there was an article about the, the number of British prime ministers who went to Eton they get shipped off to some boarding school when they're little boys yeah. Yeah. I'll show you. And these are the people making these decisions for the entire world for the rest of us. But doesn't this slightly smell like the cursory, you know, the hacky, not well thought out sort of um, first couple chapters of a bad biography that's sitting on the rack in the airport I mean we can always see common elements alright so the Eaton thing it's like well that's where you go if you're on the track to be in the power structure in the UK you go to Eaton sure but none of them have been very good prime ministers I would disagree with that I'm just connecting the dots there's no dots to connect. There's dots. The thing. No, the dots are created by, you know, historians, the dodgy, the, the, uh, the biographers. It's a bunch of horse shit. People like to make stories. There's no stories. The, the, the only story that captures everything that's occurred in the world is the complete recitation of all facts that have existed since humans decided to start recording facts. That's the story. That's the story of the world. Everything else is selective and is pushing an agenda. All I'm saying is that little boys need to be... Okay. 
Um, let's look at this one. Mass shooters. Always young, white, disenfranchised, unloved, unsexed. It's not true. Men. It's not true. They're, they're, they're not all white and they're not all unloved. 99% of them. 99.9% well, of them. Because are. it's easier to get a gun if you're a white person in general. Why is it easier to get a gun if you're a white person in general? Because they're probably not going to... If you go to a gun fair, if you go to Walmart... Now, of course, these things have changed how um, strict these uh, regulations are uh, complied with uh, these days. But you don't think if you go in and uh, to a gun show in, let's just be stereotypical, uh, in the Deep South... Uh, and you think if you're a, a young black fella, um, you think your information is going to be processed the same way uh, as if you're, you know, a 40 year old white fella with All a right. beer gut okay. and who grew up down the street from you. How about this one? Young, di unloved, unsupported, disenfranchised white boys and men shoot strangers the same profile of young african-american boys have a sense of community in a fucked up way in the form of gangs mm -hmm. shoot each other well they don't shoot each other they shoot the rival gang but that's what i'm saying like that energy has yep. to go somewhere anyway we're getting into very very <laughs> shit. this is just my, this so everybody who's listening to this this is these Meaning are the ramblings no of Michael and me as we're getting con as we're getting caffeinated. We don't we are talking off the top of our heads. We don't think about this. I don't know. You think about this stuff, mean any of this stuff. Michael does. Michael has this internal world where he's already formed his opinions. That thing that I just said, I just thought of that just now. So we're just giving people we're letting people eavesdrop into the nonsensical conversations that we have in the morning. Right. And We're by people, you mean no one. That no one no listens to this. You know, Jack Kerouac included. He's outside drinking yeah. water out of a mud puddle right now. It's the most delicious kind. Which he prefers, by the way. He has fresh, clean, delicious water in the house. All of our animals prefer to drink what we call wild water. Uh, just more fun, I guess. Ooh, I found water. Better drink it. It's in a mud puddle. Oh, cats are wild. Same with the dogs, too, though. Okay, yep, let's just true. move on from that one. <clears throat> I was talking about getting uh, sick, being exposed to people. Uh, I'm so sick. You know, you whenever you get good. sick, you have the same symptoms. You have this, you know, this extreme tsunami of nasal drip. You get your headaches. Um, you are really sick for about 48 hours. By the third day... You're still pretty sick, but you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. And then by the fourth day, you're ready to go. With me, when I get sick, it just hangs on and hangs on and hangs on. Just enough to incapacitate me where I can't really get in a nice full day's work without having to rest or take a nap in the middle of the day. And, you know, I already have feelings of failure issues compared to your productivity anyway. I mean, even when you're sick. You're you are better at being sick than I am. So annoying. 
you don't give yourself a chance to heal because you you get bored. First of all, you can't sleep easily. Um, If I need to sleep, I sleep. Uh, (laughs) It's as simple as that. And it's it's like so basic. Yeah, it, I it, sleep, it, I sleep, I eat, I eat, I yes. defecate, I defecate. I need a shed. I'll go shed. So it's, not, <laughs> it's, it's not a big drama. It's just like, it's just, but you, it's like, I, you know, I'm bored. I can't uh, stay in bed all day. It's like, well, it's like then, then sleep in bed. You won't realize that you're bored if you just fall asleep. It's like, I can't sleep. I'm not tired. It's like, what do you mean you can't sleep? Everyone can sleep. <laughs> yeah. Because I get filled with anxiety over yeah, the things I, I need to do. I know. And, and that's and everyone has that too. But then you try and put it out of your mind and just go to sleep. Because the anxiety is not going to go away. The only thing that you can make go away is the illness. So focus on that. Uh-huh. I mean, you can't make it go away, like, you know, willing it. But it will happen if you just uh, take some time to take care of yourself. And you don't do that. So rather than like you know, losing a day, uh, what, what if I just stay in bed all day and, you know, get enough sleep and, uh, get over the illness. You don't do that. You instead are, you know, incapacitated for, you know, four or five days a week or whatever, because you never really give yourself the chance to heal. Two or three weeks, actually. It's usually how long it's taking me these days to be. Get over illness so annoying. Well, we're old. Our machines don't work so well anymore. Our machines work fine. And we've been taking our supplements. That might be a delivery guy. Um, Let's pause it. Oh, maybe not. It's probably just dogs. Oh, it's probably Veronica and Riff coming back. Um, We take our vitamins. You know, obviously we get lots of exercise. Um, I don't know what it is. Not really. I got to start the yoga again yeah. I'm, I'm i'm losing my flexibility yeah really notice the winter months are a good time to uh, get back into the exercise yeah all right so we need to talk about russell brand okay um yeah. so if i had never heard of russell brand mm-hmm. and i saw a headline yep. just the the top shelf summary the abstract if you will famous actor slash comedian infamous for drug use promiscuity addiction to porn and bookie walks um cleans up his act has been sober for almost 20 years turns into wellness and meditation guru and political commentator You'd be like, it has 6.6 million followers. You'd be like, all right, another one of these cult guys, you know? Well, and then redirected addictive personality. Sure. The headline comes in that he's being um, accused of rape and sexual assault from his bad boy days. All right. Sure. Of course. Inevitable. But, you know, I I have for years admired. Russell Brand. I've been entertained by Russell Brand. I think that the political commentary that he has evolved into in recent years is very well thought out, very well researched. He has a team behind him. The last year or so, he has opened up his platform to 
right wing politicians, pundits, commentators uh, that I find shocking. But I've assumed based on what he said, he's doing this to say, hey, you know, let's listen to everyone, make your own decisions. It is very much falling into conspiracy theory territory without I know don't raise your eyebrow like that no oh. I'm raising my eyebrow it's like I, I can't believe his fall came yeah. not long after he uh, seemed to bolster the right so here we go so this is what he's saying so of course he's denying the allegations he is he's put it out there that he thinks there's something going on where he's trying to be deplatformed and indeed he's been demonetized by YouTube which enrages me i'll get to that in a second um and i find it to be very very sad did i fall for it is it all a ruse i don't i don't think so i think that uh, it, it, when you're having sex with so many different people like he was back then as he has confessed himself there's got to be some moments where the lines have been blurred how could he possibly know um, and, uh, I hope that everybody, especially if there are, you know, genuine victims here, that this isn't a conspiracy, that if he did do something horrible to women, that they're all just now coming together to say, maybe now people will listen to us. But if it is a way to deplatform him, this is very, very serious. This is very serious. So let me, let me, it can be both. It can be both. And neither. Let me say why I'm so outraged about this. YouTube better, if they haven't already, right now. <sighs> I don't care who owns the rights, the publishing rights, because it's probably not Marilyn Manson himself anymore. <sighs> but whoever is making money on YouTube off Marilyn Manson videos better be demonetized right now. And who else needs to get into that line? Because that line is long, long. And where do we draw the line? Yep. Where do we draw the line? You know, I'm sure Sean Penn wasn't very nice to all his girlfriends in the past. Uh, do, you know, I'm sure that, you know, whether or not Ellen DeGeneres bullied people or not, or Lizzo bullied people or not, where do you draw the line? Get, strip them all of any money that they're making from these videos on YouTube. Who else? Um, you know, I'm sure Elon, you know, Elon Musk, um, not a very nice guy in person. Better demonetize anybody who's ever interviewed him. You know, I'm not a huge fan, so I keep bringing him up. But you have mentioned. Um, <laughs> I'm not. A, it's not that I'm not a huge fan of Elon Musk. I'm a. I'm not a huge fan of everybody that has pushed. He couldn't have done this alone. That pushed him up to the level that he's at right now. The the coattail hangers honors. Um, but well, we can talk about that later. Um, yeah, I mean, look, there, there's a lot of issues with something like uh, Russell Brand or anytime there's any um, accused. Um, <clears throat> so one of the biggest issues for you is what? Uh, what's the reason yeah, that YouTube did this? I'm sure is because. Every episode of his show on locals, he says, you better switch over to locals right now, because if we once we get into talking about what we're about to talk about, YouTube is going to censor it. So they have been waiting. Yep, They've been waiting. It's 
very disconcerting. However, um, I'm assuming that you support YouTube's, uh, you know, right to conduct their business however they want, right? So, you know, there are questions, I think, about whether, you know, platforms need to have some sort of, you know, responsibility that maybe transcends uh, what their normal um, activities would be as for-profit entities, you know, it is, is a Google, um, you know, if it is in fact the sort of de facto universal search engine, should there be restrictions placed on that in Amazon, YouTube, whatever. Um, but, you know, it, you would certainly not do as a lot of people just kind of sloppily, uh, reflexively, oh, you know, censorship or something, or that's a First Amendment issue. <laughs> like Russell Brand has free speech through YouTube, right? You, you can't put yourself in that camp because those concepts don't apply to YouTube, right? So you're saying well, something other I think that's other the question. That. Should, Should they? they? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, let's everybody question. remind ourselves that uh, YouTube was acquired by Google a long time ago. Yep. We'll all remind ourselves that um, Instagram and WhatsApp were acquired by Facebook slash Meta. Uh, see, Twitter is independent still. So it hasn't been acquired by anybody other than Elon Musk. But it's not like it was acquired by Tesla. It's also not called Twitter. I don't even know. X, yeah. yeah. And the Washington Post was acquired by Jeff Bezos, not Amazon, Jeff Bezos. Yes. Um, so that that's the question. Um, yeah. I, I, and I think that's I think, a big question. So let's talk about traditional print. Uh, is there such a thing? I think that... The, the again the lines the lines were softer they were more um, obtuse uh, you know Washington Post and the New York Times are probably liberal bending publications uh, Wall Street Journal Financial Times maybe more conservative but that that's just because they're financial uh, yeah. publications yeah. everybody kind of understood that generally Um nobody has any idea what first of all if if this is a question that's been asked for a long time now is twitter youtube are have they become media companies are they still privately owned the, the privately owned thing it just doesn't seem to work very well anymore it's almost like they've been maybe it's a, their own version of genericide they've just gotten too big and too influential too ubiquitous to fall back on that, oh, it's just a, it's just an entertainment company, it's just a platform where people can upload their stuff. That's it, you know. Um, but would you agree with the general premise that um, when something is privately owned, whether that's by one person or you know through a company, um, and whatever you know, a hundred or a thousand or a million shareholders, uh, if it has no public ownership it should not necessarily be subject to the same restrictions that something that's owned by the public should be i think it would be an interesting exercise <clears throat> to compare 
the advertising policy of the New York Times versus the advertising policy of a social media platform. So I would imagine that the New York Times does not allow Nazi skinheads to put an ad in the newspaper saying, hey, come join our club. And there's there's probably some basic things there. But the difference is when I pay for an ad in a newspaper, I put my ad in there and I hope for the best. Mm-hmm. With social media, and we're talking about print. I mean, it's very, you know, I'm just, I understand this is this is outdated thing, but just just for the sake of the conversation, I put my ad in there. I hope for yep. the best. You buy the back page of the New Yorker. Yeah, and and the and the the metrics are very very soft. They're sort of incidental. Maybe I notice an uptick in business after I put that ad in, but it's not. You don't have the the data. You don't have click through on a print newspaper. Right. Obviously, on YouTube. It, you know it's it. different. It's like I put an ad on YouTube and I don't hope for the best. I have control over it. I see I get I see who gets to see it. The algorithm that YouTube controls shows how many times and to whom it's been who's seen it and they can pull the plug on my ad. But it isn't it isn't just that. It's the content creators now are making individual individually making money off of that advertising, not just YouTube, which is completely different model than traditional print. Yeah, th- though at very different rates. Uh, sure, but yeah. I mean that—that's what I'm saying. Like they, the the decision making as to who yeah. makes money and who doesn't is now controlled by the media outlet, where that is not controlled by a traditional newspaper, other than we're not going to let you advertise in the first place. Right. Yeah, you have more data now than ever. So I think, you know, if I want to be optimistic, uh, more data means better decision making. It also means, you know, more efficient use of resources, etc. cetera. Uh, but there are still the issues about, okay, when a, you know, YouTube video is, quote, monetized, um, you know, <laughs> how much of that is going to YouTube? How much of it is going to advertisers perhaps that becomes even more complicated because you know when you start looking at okay what's the advertiser actually doing are they selling a you know a product or service or whatever how how exactly are they monetizing that because you don't have that direct you know with youtube and the content creator um or the poster i guess i should say um you do have the direct this is the impact that this ad had on uh, views, subscribes, uh, etc. Um, the YouTube channel owner also can try and correlate that with things like you know Patreon or whatever other outlets they have. Um, but of course, it's more complicated with the advertiser because all they get to say is, "Hey, you know, ever since we started running the Matthew McConaughey said buy this car uh, ad, whatever we had." within three months or six months or some tail, uh, we had this boost to sales. So that's still pretty bad data compared to what YouTube has. Uh, so, you know, they know exactly what the ads do and how effective they are. And they also know, um, how much traffic, um, Russell brand is bringing to YouTube, YouTube, of course, to be, you know, cynical slash realistic, um, they just want all the people all the time. 
And if Russell Brand isn't doing that as much as, I don't know, let's take some stereotypical figure on the other side. Taylor Swift or new video. Taylor Swift Mm -hmm. or, you know, even if you want to make it more political, like mainstream, I don't know who watches MSNBC or um, Rachel Maddow on uh, YouTube, but somebody must. Um, And if that person generates more money for YouTube than Russell Brand, well, what incentive does YouTube have to, you know, handle Russell Brand any differently than they would anyone else who's uh, seen to be toxic right now, despite not having, uh, you know, gone through any legal process. By the way, everybody, Michael knows her name is Rachel Maddow. He's just being oh, I, like, I, I like that. He likes to it. do that. Maybe it's just an extension Maybe there isn't any difference between traditional print advertising policies and and digital media advertising policies. It's just a matter of capability that if somehow you were able to touch a print piece of paper and click on it, if that if you were somehow able to do that, I mean, it, it, it would have been the same. Like it would be interesting to compare the New York Times online advertising versus um print i mean why does cnn i mean cnn is such a joke but why does cnn have clickbait at the bottom of its page but but i want to get back to the russell brand thing it must be so terrifying to be him at this moment because of the pile on like the guardian put together this article where they dug up this soundbite from Russell a really long time ago where he's all excited and he's being, you know, manic Russell and he's talking to Jimmy Saville and he's offering the headline is, you know, the, the, something like, um, you know, the clues were always there. Uh, the red, no, the red flags were always there. Russell brand offers up his, his female personal assistant naked to Jimmy Saville. Yeah. So I listened to the video and I everybody someday if anybody listens to this should know um, nothing will enrage me to the max quicker than you know women being subjugated to anything that's the whole point of this podcast when I start interviewing my women <clears throat> so I'm coming at this already from the bias of protecting the women lady lives matter that said it's so obvious that it's just a moment where he's just it. He's obviously he doesn't mean it. Obviously he's being sarcastic and, and he's just caught up in the moment. It's, it's a little bit tiniest bit funny. It's not that funny. And Jimmy Seville is like, it's just a not funny bit. And he's like going along with it. This was well, nobody, including the guardian knew except for the victims well, I mean, it was a you know well kept secret, but it didn't come. It wasn't like it was public knowledge that he was this horrible predator until after he died. That's you mean why, Savile? Yeah, Savile. Yeah, That's I, why it was newsworthy. Yeah. Newsworthy because somehow everybody protected this until after he died. You know, I don't think that he was like the. No one was surprised because he's a creepy as I was gonna fuck. Say, just, I, but, I think anyone. Sorry, go ahead. But I mean, to, to but, say like, oh, look at Russell is like interacting with J- yeah. Jimmy Savile in this well horrible known way. pedophile. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Anybody who listens to this, that it is all reasonable, right. would could could couldn't come to any other conclusion that he, it's just this like little manic moment <laughs> and he's just being silly and ironic. Come on. Well, 
ironically, perhaps, uh, in an era of, you know, mass media and, you know, there's more information available than ever before, uh, basically on demand, uh, context tends to be lacking. Um, and so whether that context is timeline or, you know, let's listen to whatever, five minutes or before, or five minutes after, all, all that stuff. Um, and anything like that, of course, can always be um, soundbited and uh, cherry-picked. Um, look, somebody like um, Savile, I, I do think that any American who saw, like, I... I I have to think of exactly when I heard about Jimmy Savile. I suppose it was probably, hey, you know, there's whatever, some talk about, like, maybe this dude. I think any non-Brit who took one look at Jimmy Savile the first time, it's like, geez, what a fucking creep. What's up with this guy? Now, but he's he's an institution there. So, of course, uh, you know, you're just going to look at him differently. I suppose it would be like, I didn't really watch Mr. Rogers, but I thought he was kind of creepy also. Now, it turns out he's fucking awesome. But if it came out that Fred Rogers, you know, was huge, decades-long uh, pedophile, I think any non-American would be like, yeah, what's up with that dude? So, of course. Anyway, so, so yes, um, Savile is toxic nowadays, and it's, of course, um, dishonest and misleading uh, to say, you know, brand new at then, and he's hanging out with him or whatever, if that's what, what the Guardian's suggesting. There's another issue, though, with Savile, and I, it's becoming so with Brand now, too. Everybody seems to be talking about, like, what about the responsibility of the BBC? It's, it's like, how can you, you know, put a pedophile on the radio or whatever? It's like, and that, to me, becomes very complicated. I don't think the BBC has any responsibility. Now, the BBC, like YouTube, uh, although different being uh, public and, and private but uh bbc can you know i think give anyone they want a voice i don't think the bbc is under any obligation to ensure that there's no you know pedophiles uh, on their airways in the same way that you know they, they can't say like you know i can't believe that they would uh employ somebody who would vote this particular way or I can't believe that they would employ somebody who doesn't drive an electric car. It's like, that's nothing to do with being the BBC. If the guy's subject to criminal charges, fine. But it doesn't mean you boycott the BBC. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the BBC is funded by taxpayer money, correct? Sure. And and I would hope that part of that responsibility means we are a public entity. We're not the morality police. If the person, if there's criminal charges, then we let the cops investigate the same way they would anyone else. But we're not going to, you know, cancel somebody just because there's allegations. And we're certainly not going to you know, preemptively say, oh, that dude's a little weird, or I don't like that guy's politics, or I don't like the car he drives, or I don't like, you know, whatever, uh, that he seems to be sexually promiscuous. It's like, it's none of your fucking business. You're supposed to be, you know, just uh, whatever, creating content and, um, you know, filling the airways. That's your role. 
Now, I guess, actually, their role, because they're public, it has something to do with, you know, we have to provide information to the public. Uh, but once you get past, you know, BBC, well, what's the, like, hardcore news version, BBC4 or something like that. But, you know, all that other stuff is um, including Russell Brand's old show. I think, like, with the Andrew Sack, the Sack or Sacks? Um, the, the old uh, the, uh, Manuel incident with Jonathan Ross and the radio show and all that stuff. I assume that that's a BBC program, right? So, so back then. Uh, but, you know, he's obviously a sort of a comedian or personality or whatever. So I, I, don't, I don't really see the issue here. <laughs> the idea that, uh, well, I don't know. What role does the, the BBC play in this? Yeah. So now I'm going to talk about, I want to talk to you about something that's extremely nuanced, uh, complicated, career ending. Um, Everything you say is career ending. Yeah. Every, yeah. What difference does it make? Right. Well, I don't know why you something that I, that this is something that has been on my mind ever since I was a 19 or 20 year old in college and I read a Camille Paglia article. She's the real deal. She's well. She's a little manic sometimes. <laughs> she had said that women need to acknowledge the power of the male sex drive and protect themselves from it. And that if you are going to be a naive, stupid little girl and you are going to walk into a fraternity house on campus at two in the morning on a Saturday night, what do you think you're walking into? And I was like, man, she's got a point. Do we absolve ourselves from all responsibility? Now, that was what I thought back then. And I've been thinking about this ever since. And so one of the stories that I read about Russell, one of the women who accused him of rape, got a text from him at four in the morning saying, uh, why don't you come over? And she says, no, I don't want to. And he says, no, no, just for a cuddle. I just want to see you. And so she, she's like, oh, I was really tired, but I went over anyway. And then um, he pushed me up against the wall and raped me. And all I wanted to do was just try and get out of there alive. Right. So the Camille Paglia, Paglia part of my head says, bullshit. Oh. You would never do that. You would never get up in the morning at four o'clock in the morning for anybody other than a celebrity. <laughs> End of story. Sure. And do you really think that he just wanted a cuddle? On the other hand, Russell's also responsible. And then he sent the text that like, uh, apparently he, you know, she says he raped her. Then she called up a friend. She went to the hospital. Sure. Did what she was supposed to do. And then she has these texts from him kind of sort of apologizing, like feeling bad about that. Now, now Russell has said many, many times when he's discussed his sex addiction, that cycle of shame, whether it's masturbation or promiscuity, and then Mm -hmm. he feels shame. So he's, you know putting his shame on her is, is I guess, a form of, of an apology. Okay. Yeah. What did you think 
Now, I'm not saying this absolves him or that that, that the rape isn't valid. But when alcohol isn't there, isn't there any sort of middle ground for common sense? Again, I'm going to say this four million times during the podcast. Women have to build our own culture in our, on our own terms in our own way. Isn't there any room for young, for any aged woman to say, I might be walking into something here if I show up at a celebrity's house in Los Angeles at 4.30 in the morning and he's telling me all he wants is a cuddle. <laughs> now, it's very, very sad in the cycle of abuse when somebody breaks your heart or disappoints you or does this repeated behavior where they do something bad and then they apologize for it or they make up for it. This this cycle can take many, many, many forms. Some are more mild or less severe than others. Hmm. But it is extremely heartbreaking when you just can't believe that the person who said something either didn't mean it or did the opposite. And you keep wanting to believe that the next time is going to be different because it's just so appalling that somebody would behave this way. And sometimes I think it takes a really long time to realize that this is, this is who this person is. They are not who you you thought they were and you're going to have to get over it. And it's very sad and heartbreaking. Now I'm talking about this on the most general level, Mm -hmm. the most general level that can be applied in any situation in any degree. But isn't there room for women to either, you know, protect themselves, to think about this a little bit better by acknowledging that the male sex drive can, and again, I'm not absolving, I'm not using it as an excuse, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of women out there who will and have to my face denied this, that the male sex drive might be a little bit stronger than the women, than the female sex drive, (laughs) you know? Um, yeah, and that maybe it's something that we need to protect ourselves against. And then the other thing I want to ask is that what do men do when you know somebody like Russell Brand who's addicted to sex, or I think all men are addicted to sex to a certain degree. Say, it's, it's sorry, I mean Tiger but Woods it, and Russell Brand aren't the only people that they are have addicted access. To sex. So, they, exactly, so it's they're the just, only ones who are allowed to indulge their yeah, addiction. Yeah, so to the sex. dam is broken That's for those difference. guys. But the, for the rest of the normal schlubs out in the world, where the dam is you know very strong and solid. Yes equally addicted you just you have to you just have to masturbate yourself out of that urge right that's the only option that you have or or that's the only like ethical option that you have yeah well you can go rape someone if you want well no no i just said ethical yeah Yeah. oh sorry that's what you do right that's what a normal guy does i I think i mean i don't know i'm certainly no uh spokesman for uh normality but uh yeah i think that I, I, I feel bad for that. men to be in this like constant state of sexual frustration 24 hours a day their entire lives yeah it's that must be very annoying for you it it, it is you, you, but you know it's it's just life you just just if, you, if that's all that you know mm-hmm. uh, which is weird as you get older when it becomes uh, less important you're like oh my god you know whatever I, I could actually be a complete human being if I'm not distracted um look <clears throat> There are a lot of issues there, uh, and I think um, I I don't think I've ever heard her say something that I don't consider pretty reasonable. Although I don't always like her. Oh, the of, recent uh, years, presentation. she's got off the deep end. I think, but well, but uh, 
but you know, if she's partly saying the, you know, well, Mike Tyson was another famous one. It's like, really, you're going to go down to Mike Tyson's hotel room in the middle of the night. What, what do you think might happen? Um, so after a fight when he's all hopped up and adrenaline and <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. And you have to swear off women before fights as well. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of pent up. Um, my question, here's the question yeah. I want you to answer yeah. that we, the, here's the question I want everybody to think about. Is there no middle ground? I would hope that there is a middle ground. Um, and I would hope that there is some degree of shared responsibility. Uh, I don't think, um, it's realistic for women to uh, assume that you know they're that everyone's a, a rapist, and I can never, whatever, place myself in a situation where things might go south. Um, that would be a, a very unpleasant uh, society. Um, but of course, it has to be tempered with some realism, uh, and I, I do think that they have to, should in general, acknowledge themselves as in the aggregate, um, the, the weaker sex, if things, you know, purely become physical, uh, then chances are, you know, the, the woman might not be able to, um, lead the, the, uh, the, the circumstances, uh, might not be able to determine the outcome, uh, as, as readily as a man in opposition purely because of physicality. Um, but I think that one of the serious concerns, rape, and uh, I suppose it's, you know, it's going to depend on jurisdictions, et cetera, in particular um, statutes in different areas now, but or, or sexual harassment or, or whatever it is. Uh, it is unique um, in crimes in that that there is this concept of consent. And when you look at the elements of a crime, you know, so you're saying things like whatever, let's compare it to something like um, uh, robbery, you know, where um, the, 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 the robber is trying to, you know, dispossess this other person of property that belongs to them. And they had the intention of, you know, retaining that property for themselves or whatever. And they're doing so forcefully, you know, or, you know, coercively or, or threateningly, something like that. If you look at the elements of that sort of crime, those elements exist in that moment. And those are uncontestable. Those are objectively determinable facts. Does that uh, article, you know, does that property belong to that person who the robber is trying to dispossess of the property? Are they doing so forcefully? Those elements exist at that moment in time and are provable or disprovable. When you have the concept of consent, and a lot of this has to do with, you know, human, our ability to reconceptualize facts and circumstances over time. The idea that there can be drift in consent. Was there consent in the moment? Have I... 10 years later decided that there was not consent in the moment. That to me is extremely dangerous because it's just too hard to determine that. Um, and again, I think that that makes harassment and rape unique by having that consensual element. The idea 
and, and this of course is partly inferred by when charges come up years and years later and I know that this is you know this is criticized as kind of the ignorant you know the psychologists say that's not how it works you don't necessarily run down to the police station right away and file charges but we have this ability to remake our world over time it, you know it's something as ridiculous as satanic ritual abuse you know all these memories that people know are certain um they're not it it doesn't work out we, we get to make up facts over time we do it all the time and i'm saying this in part because i suspect that a lot of these people who are going to come forward with whatever russell brand or anyone else they absolutely believe what they're saying right now the fact that they believe it in the same way that there's plenty of people who believe in god or whatever believe whatever you want to say the belief has nothing to do with the objective reality and when you're talking about something like that where these are brought up at opportune moments you know I, I don't want anyone to feel bad I want people to feel vindicated but the fundamental question still has to be was there harassment <laughs> was there a rape at that moment that's the end of it so I don't even know if we need to talk about conspiracy or whether you know people are specifically targeting hey you know maybe this person will bring out some fraudulent charges and and bring down brand because he, he's a dangerous element now he's uh, emboldening the right um i don't suspect that a lot of these charges are you know fraudulently brought forth i i believe these people i i think that uh what's her name um blazy ford I think she believes what she believes about Kavanaugh. I don't think she's right, probably. Um, I think that she has remade um, those occurrences in, in her mind now. There, this was an <clears throat> another thing that um, that Camille Paglia. This was a point that she was making that I found to be thought provoking, which was. Um, she was making the point that it is actually anti-feminist to say that rape is absolutely the worst thing, most traumatic mm. thing that could ever happen to a woman because the most defining thing about a woman is her sexuality. Yeah. Um, now, Camille, I don't think has ever been raped, <laughs> so she may change her mind if that has ever happened to her. But again, it was something she's like, is it it was something to think about? Is this absolutely the most impossible thing that the terror a woman is feeling when she's being raped is the worst form of terror that anybody could ever experience? Right. No, I think that's some neo-Victorian stuff. It's I would actually say it's... probably it is one of the worst things that a woman can go through. But I got what she was trying to yep. say. Um, the other thing, too, about all these people coming together on mass after the fact is that a lot of these women will say, well, I did report this to the police. I did go to the police right away and I was ignored. Mm -hmm. um, and so my conclusion here is that this is a power struggle. Mm -hmm. And so the way that we remove that power struggle is we put women in power again on our own terms, yep. in our own way, building our own culture that mm -hmm. once we get women in power, that the women are the directors of all the movies, that the women are the heads of uh, political offices, that the women are running all the businesses, 
we're going to see this issue diluted. That's my hope. That's what I'm betting on. It's one of the things I'm working toward is to get women in power as quickly as possible. It isn't going to be me, but if I can help accelerate that reality for women coming up under me, then like job well done. Um, No, indeed. And look, and if the, there were, uh, if the police basically or the prosecutors dropped this, again, I am generally going to give people the benefit of the doubt. Uh, a prosecutor knows that, you know, they can make their bones. Uh, and, you know, if they're going to bring down a celebrity, uh, that's going to do their career very well. So if the prosecutor back then, when the charges uh, actually, or when the events actually occurred, um, if there are charges filed and none of that's pursued, it's presumably because of evidentiary issues that existed then. Those same evidentiary issues <laughs> still should exist five years, 10 years, whatever, down the line. So the idea that it's, you know, now, okay. Now, if it just becomes, it was, you know, virtually impossible to bring the criminal case then, it's going to be just as difficult to bring the criminal case now, although statutes of limitations, I think, have changed for things like uh, harassment and rape in many cases. Um, but if these are, these might even be civil charges for all I know. I haven't really followed it. You know, so, it, and again, that's going to be different. But that's the sort of thing that makes it really suspicious. If you're really talking about, I'm just bringing these civil charges now because I can't whatever sleep at night or I have to come to terms with these issues. Now, when you're talking about civil charges, it, it's really not even uh, this guy needs to pay, you know, well, he literally pay. You might have to pay something out of pocket. But if it's this guy needs to pay for his actions and that means going to prison, well, that ain't going to happen with civil charges. So really, what are you doing? Then it sounds really conspiratorial. It's like we don't have the goods to actually put Brand in the clink, um, but we can destroy his ability to make a living and we can take some money from him. And if that makes the ladies feel good, then then that's good. There's one other issue that I think is really important. And um, I'm not embarrassed to admit it. It's just true. I think sometimes with celebrities, whatever, doing something bad, at some point, for certain people, it doesn't even matter. O.J. Simpson was a great running back. He's a great athlete. He's not the best example because I probably do care. I don't love O.J. enough to not particularly mind if he killed a couple of people. I think that's still a bad thing. But at some point, let's take an extreme example. If all of a sudden George Lucas were accused of a genocide or tweeting something or whatever people do that are bad nowadays. If it were all true, I wouldn't even particularly care. You're George Lucas. If you ruined a few other people's lives or took their lives, I don't know those people. All I know is you and, and your work. And you're one of the, you know, greatest forces for good ever. So if you broke a few eggs along the way, all right. I mean, again, I want everyone to get their own 
brand of justice, but I don't care. So as soon as you were going down this line of thinking, yeah. I knew with 100% certainty yeah. who you were going to bring up as an example. Um, Do you is, have anyone like that, that that you wouldn't care? What if you found out uh, that Bono killed a couple people or whomever? Um, yeah, I think I would care. You would care? Oh, yeah. Is there anyone for whom you wouldn't care? No. And, and I, I, I don't mean... You know, you wouldn't care. I, you I would just put it saying. to one side. Yeah, no. So, who cares? I would be, um, yeah, no, I would be devastated. And I mean, again, this is a pedestal that we only put celebrities on. Is is that you know? Is there does their personal life negate everything good that they put out into the world artistically? It's because we care about art so much. We wouldn't. We don't care that much if it's some CEO because who gives a shit what a CEO is doing? You know. Well, um, I think it all it it should always be balanced mm-hmm. against you know all all the good that they did. So you know, let's say uh, if Newton liked to kick his dog, I I don't wouldn't approve of that. But on balance, now you've put that image in my head of somebody kicking their dog. Well, whatever. Sad. I'm not sure. I mean, Newton was a weird dude. No, uh, super sad. So, okay, don't put those images in my head. All right. Well, his dog has been dead a long time. I'm sure he had a dog, but oh, whatever he did. If, oh, I know. I want to go save all the puppies. Okay, uh, I'm I'm getting over it. But you just know that that's what happens in my head when okay, you say stuff okay, like that. Okay, all right. Sorry. You know this about me. Okay, sorry. Now I I'm derailed. Thought. Now I got to get my focus back. All right. All right. Okay. Um. So I'm just saying Newton did plenty of yeah. good. Uh, if he, you know, killed somebody or sexually harassed somebody along the way, on balance. You got to put that to one side. That's just not that important. Mm-hmm. Okay. On balance, during the height of the Me Too movement, we were out on the canals of Amsterdam and I was captaining our little boat, having a beautiful day. Mm-hmm. And the Rondevaart boats. So these are the big, long boats, that they're tour boats in Amsterdam. And these guys captain those boats as if there's nobody else on the water so they're sort of pricks we're going under they got a job to do well we're going under a bridge i clearly am in the under the tunnel in the tunnel of the bridge before this guy i'm about a third of the way through now we're talking about a matter of seconds here he decides he's going through there anyway he rams our boat up against the side of the bridge. We're sort of stuck. We're stuck there. He just keeps ramming his boat through the bridge. So he gets through. There's probably some scratches on our boat. The only thing good about this was the look of horror of all the tourists. Sort of like, oh my God, like, because we're, you know, inches away from each other. And the look of glee on the captain's And face. I was furious because I was sure he was doing that yeah. because I was a woman. Absolutely, 100%. I had never experienced that level of rage in that context before in my life. I was so angry. I posted about it publicly on Facebook. And then so many men came in and said, oh, I've had that happen to me so many times too. And I had to check myself. And I'm like, hmm, I might have gotten caught up in this a little bit, you know. Um, And, of course, in truth, for that particular uh, captain, it might have been. 
a sexism issue or you know it, mm -hmm. it might actually have been because you're a woman but the fact is that it does happen to fellas as well because those guys are out there the commercial pilots don't really give a shit about the the pleasure boaters yeah and they will punk them around so talking about like degrees of offense or grievances mm -hmm. what's going to happen assuming that russell brand doesn't go to jail he's going to have to lie low for a few years and then he's going to do a comeback like louis ck and he's going to talk about it and he's going to reflect and he's going to apologize and then everything's going to be good for him and just like louis he's going to be <clears throat> you know selling out arenas you know in a couple of years and it's all going to be fine for him louis ck is whatever he did in front of those women it, it isn't the same level of offense as harvey weinstein it just isn't well it just isn't aren't the weinstein charges actual rape yeah and okay. you know louis masturbated in front of some ladies on a couch yeah. and he didn't get the point and he, you know, he missed the point and it was really bad, but he also got swept up into that whole thing. Mm -hmm. But now he's made his, his comeback and he's back on track. And to be honest, I think I was really disappointed because I was like, yes, this needs to be acknowledged, but he's such an important, he's such an important cultural voice and I missed his comedy so much. I'm like, what he did, I think is forgivable. I do. There are degrees. But okay, wait. I, so, so you would accept that things did happen, yeah? Uh, as the ladies say, so, so that is one where you just put it to one side and say, okay, well, but he's Louis C.K. Having had firsthand experience trying to work professionally in the creative world, very few people in that world are stable. I've said this before: are stable, rational, rational, whole people. They're not right. whole people. Right. No one. Okay, so everybody who go well, anyway, that's a whole other thing. But Yeah. Um you know, um where was I going with this? Yeah, so there are degrees and I do think that two things here. One, if you look at a Kevin Spacey, he I, I his level of offense I think was more severe even though he wasn't convicted for it. He's probably never really going to work again, not really. Um Somebody like Louis C.K., he's made a full comeback. He, he jerked off in front of some adult women. That sucks. You know, we've moved on. Um, but the so two things. One, that's the first. The other is that the people who were subjected to that um, never had the power that Louis C.K. did. All of those women never had the power that uh, Harvey Weinstein did. So if their careers were ruined or if they were emotionally compromised or suffering they're probably never going to come back from that to the extent that louis is able to bounce back from what he did to them mm -hmm. that sort of sucks but again that's about the power dynamic so we need to shift that power dynamic we need to put more women in leadership positions yeah but but the only reason that, that whatever woman went to russell brand's place or that that woman let louis jack off in front of her is because she wasn't a bigger celebrity well they didn't let him do it but it well or, or whatever mm -hmm. i mean it's because they're not bigger celebrities right okay so moving on to end our podcast for the day yes you may remember that when i was an editor at amazon.com 
I had a moratorium on certain words because I kept seeing them show up over and over again in reviews and those reviews would live on site forever. I listen to a lot of podcasts and I see the same words coming up in podcasts over and over and over again and they all need to be banned. So these are the, I only have have three so far, but I know that there are more because I'm very- What kinds of podcasts do these come from? All all the podcasts. (laughs) All of them. Okay, Palin, you listen to all of them. Okay. I listen to all, all right. Yes, Sarah Palin over here listens to all the podcasts. But of all the podcasts that I do listen to, uh, I hear these words being repeated over and over and over again. Oh, I want to guess, but I won't get it right. Go ahead. So the first word that is, as of today, banned from our podcast, and this is the one I hear more than anything else, is narrative. No one that that's, comes out of my podcast gets to say the word narrative ever, not even once. That's fucking advertising's fault. That's and, and Who's the most popular podcaster in the world? Joe Rogan. He says narrative at least 10 times every single podcast. I'm saying that, but that's all coming from advertising. No one gets to say the word narrative. This is a new word that's popping up that I hear in every single podcast. This word is tricky. Everybody's tricky. saying, yep, everybody's saying tricky. Huh. No one that comes out of this podcast gets to say tricky. Well, it's tricky. Everybody's oh, saying tricky. Okay. Meaning like this particular analysis is complicated? Sure. Okay. Or a situation, well, you know, it's tricky. Everybody's right. saying tricky now. No one gets to say tricky on our podcast. And the third one, you're never, ever going to guess. Nelly Hooper. Yeah, good. The third word that's banned from our podcast, because it's overused on everyone's podcast, you're never going to get this. I wouldn't get any other ones. Obfuscate. <laughs> um, For some reason, everyone yeah, is everyone's using obfuscating this word. these days. Everyone's obfuscating, so no, there will be no obfuscating on the rock and roll porter. Uh, the only way you should be able to say obfuscate if you say it the way uh, click and clack. Remember the uh, Maliotsis? Yeah, uh, they used to, when he would do do the puzzler, you know, obfuscate. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Um, yeah, he, he would uh, obfuscate the the puzzler. You can't say obfuscate in a Chicago accent one time. Go for it. Obfuscate. <laughs> what does that mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so those three words are- I can't believe are, people are obfuscating the narrative. Yeah. The, the tricky well, it's narrative. Tricky. Yeah. Yeah. So those three words, um, as of this moment, are banned from the- well, They all go order. together, actually. Yeah. yeah. And this this list will be added on to okay. ongoing. Uh, yeah, post that up around- studio yeah so that i can see yeah okay good good stuff so i really need to cough um and um i'm gonna try i i can't take the day off but what i'm gonna yes you can but what i'm gonna do for one day is try to um not look at my phone or my laptop for one day i don't have any meetings today clear i canceled my meetings yesterday Whew, and I'm already feeling a lot of anxiety about doing that. But I'm going to try. Maybe I will allow myself to look at my phone and my laptop at 3 p.m. this afternoon. Just go to sleep. No. Just. I really need to wrap myself up in a blanket now. Go to sleep. Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, talk to you later. Audi. <laughs>